Daniel Wallace is the Chief Learning Strategist at Beyond the Sky. Previously, as a marketing leader with Procter & Gamble and PepsiCo, she learned strategic marketing principles which she now applies to learning and development to create compelling breakthrough solutions. Danielle is a sought-after speaker at global conferences, and her thought leadership is found in numerous industry magazines and publications. And I'm just gonna add this because she is so awesome. She was one of the early people I had the opportunity to talk with about the TechSmith Academy, and she gave me such good feedback and encouragement. I appreciate it so much and uh, have always thought about that. So Danielle, welcome to the Visual Lounge. It's so much fun to be here, thank you. So so glad you're here, and and you know I I love reading people's bios, even though like they're they're like what people write for themselves typically, but I I just love bragging about all these cool people I get to talk to, and you're you're one of them, and uh I, you know as as reading through it the sought after global you know you speaker a speaker I if you've never had a chance to hear Danielle speak at a conference please do so it's she's you're fantastic so. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, okay, but the bios don't tell us everything. Is there anything else we should know going into our conversation today? Yes. So I bring my big bad secret, my marketing days. Um, I'm still somewhat tethered to them as I keep my pulse on the marketing industry. So I carry that baggage of marketing. Um, and I use that as an added filter to really create something awesome that sticks with learners. So I'm going to say, uh, so to be full transparent uh, here, I am in a marketing department. I, I have a team that I'm now working with that is, are, are also all marketers. We're going we're gonna to call rather than baggage, this is, this is like a jet pack, right? It's going <laughs> to blast us into something, something even better. And I, and I think that's, uh, but I understand what you're saying because I, I know I've, especially in uh, learning and development conferences, if I say, you know, I went to the dark side of make a joke about marketing, they everyone laughed, but I did it at a marketing conference. They just kind of stared at me. So you yeah, know your yeah, audience. Yeah. Different industry. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about real quick. Uh, you, you mentioned that transition, right? Going from marketing into mm-hmm. learning and development. Um, tell us a little bit about that and how, how does, how did that work for you? And what, what's something that you found that maybe was uh, like made that maybe easier or like overlapped, like more than you thought? Oh, one interesting thing that thing that made it overlap more than I thought is I was going through and prepping for a conference and I was doing that. And as at the same time, I happened to be going through and flipping through all my old marketing notes. And I realized like, oh my God, I delivered the same talk in the marketing world eight years prior. Except then it would be more about the omnichannel communications and this was 20, 2009. It was more about blended learning solutions with other modalities. I'm like, oh my God, this is the same thing. Like this is the same principles at play. And then this similar points happened with augmented reality and some of the things I was doing in NFC technology at the time back in marketing. And it's like eight years later, I'm like, oh my God, this is coming to marketing. So it's coming from marketing into learning and development. So I started really seeing, oh my God, there's such these parallels from not only the um, technology standpoint, but also just adopting habits to change consumers or learners' behavior. I mean, at the end of the day, if we are trying to instill new skills, there's a lot of very similar principles. Yeah, it does seem like uh, oftentimes I've noticed marketers tend to be a little bit more on the forefront, whether that's because of budget or because of just the need. They're, they're pushing some of the kind of innovation. 
So let's talk about in your in your career, what because you've made a lot of content or been responsible to work on a lot of content. And we'll, we'll tie this into kind of the learning perspective here in a second. What's a project that you maybe worked on that was really instructive about what makes good content, whether it's learning content, whether it's trying to get somebody to convince somebody to do something. It, was there a project that you just found like, man, this this helped me really kind of shape how you think about content creation? So Matt, I would say it's taken a step higher. So it's not just content, which is just one piece of execution within the marketing world or within the learning world. That's just one, one execution piece where the real interplay is and the real impact, like the actual impact is at a higher level, is at the strategy. So when I was in the marketing world, I would create the strategy for Doritos, let's say. So content is just one small piece, what I may have in my um, digital platforms or that I may have in TV, the bigger piece of play was the strategy. And a key segment of that is understanding who, in that case, the audience is or your consumer. If you put the same parallels through to learning and development, where you have the biggest impact is at that strategy level, the learning strategy, solid understanding of who your learner persona is. So, and then similar executions where I was able to, from a learning standpoint, create actually create that behavior change Mm, but it was only because i started up at a higher level gotcha gotcha it's interesting you you know you use the word uh you know uh, behavior change and i think kind of in both worlds marketing learning isn't that what we're really looking for it's just it's a different outcome Mm -hmm. maybe i want you to purchase doritos uh from your example or i want you to know how to uh, safely take care of yourself when you're eating Doritos, right? Right. So behavior-wise, we want behaviors. So, so tell me, talk to us a little bit, like from a and we'll, we'll, again, kind of both perspectives. How how do you get to that strategy point where you're like really honing in on the behavior versus getting caught in kind of because I think it's easy to get lost along the way of like when you're cr- thinking about creating something and maybe miss the behavior. So did you find that there were things that you could do to, to drive you to, hey, let's keep focused on the behavior? Yeah, it really, stemming from that really central core strategy, it really came down whether in the marketing world or the learning development world, what is that crystal clear articulation of the behavior to change? And doing away with all the excess fluff Either from the marketing world, there's so many things you could possibly tell people, or from the learning development world where, oh my goodness, the amount of subject matter expert input into teaching people everything is even more amplified. So it's that really crystal clear articulation of what that key behavior needs to be. And then as that is executed, say in video, it becomes a much more focused. So from a learning standpoint, you're focused on one objective. If you're doing a micro video or very key, clearly distilled, clearly distilled behaviors, uh, we would see this empirically with our advertising. Having more than one message doesn't work. So many, many times because of budget, we would try here. This is the, the one message and the secondary message. But the secondary message is actually like three things and you try to put them all in. And I see it now. I see it in commercials. I see now. I'm like, ah, no, no. It's I know why it's not effective. And that's one of the key things is there's too much you're trying to put in. Just like all of us, I'm sure I can see uh, who are learning professionals may be able to see a course and go, oh, my gosh, or 
even if you're not a learning professional, even more so. You see a course and realize, ah, oh, there's too much here. Like, I don't understand anything. They're just flat. So it really drives from that focused uh, behavior change and being able to articulate that from the start. Yeah, I, I love that advice. And it's I know it's advice that I share. And it's I, I love that how you've articulated that because it is so easy to be like, well, there's, oh gosh, they just also, they, it's kind of the downside of the yes and, right? Well, yes and, they need to know this. Yes and, they need, but then all of a sudden, um, what happens is that gets too much. Yeah, and that's the challenge with um, outside the marketing world is outside the marketing world, people don't understand these concepts quite so ingrained in them. So they always get pushed. Oh, add this. Oh, just add this. Oh, just, just this, just this. Where at least in the marketing world, it was easier to push back because people knew those fundamentals. So we can all have these fundamentals that would be helpful for our learners or our audiences. So I, I wonder, and, and maybe you can speak from your experiences, it seems like in, in marketing in particular and probably the brands that you worked with with large, large followings, large bases, large budgets, but it seems like you're still, you're constrained to, you get 30, if you're doing television, that's assuming a television, right? Or radio spots, right? You're getting 15 to 60 seconds. Uh, and I wonder, do you think one of the, maybe the challenges is that as learning professionals, and I'm not saying long courses or long videos or long whatever are bad, but that because we have so much runway, we get ourselves into the trouble of adding too much stuff. Yes, I think it also comes down to that discipline because um, just having that disciplined approach, because even if you look at long form um, advertisements, they still may have that single focus in the message. So, yes, it's a three minute long spot, but I, I can articulate what that benefit statement is in it. They're not. It's purposely not an, a learning video that has all these added extra parts. Oh, and this, oh, and this, oh, and this. So while the forced medium of a smaller um, advertising spot, wherever, whatever channel that may be, does deliberately focus the marketer, I think the what's really driving it is that added discipline of, okay, no, I will stick to my one objective for this one minute spot, three minute spot, whatever, five minute spot. It's that yeah. discipline that you see in good, in good marketing pieces. Yeah. You know, it makes me think that, uh, infomercials back in the day, right? Like they, they really focused on one thing, <laughs> like there's always, and there's this, and there's this, but it was always drawing you back to the one thing. And I, I'm not mm -hmm. saying those are good examples, but that's an example, right? <laughs> well, let's, let's change gear a little bit. And when you're, when you're thinking about the process of creating content, whether marketing or instructional, and I know you do a lot of work for clients and organizations, um, let's just talk video for specifically for a, a minute and we'll, we can talk about other mediums as well. But for you, what's the decision point when you say like, this is right for video or maybe even on the, the contrast, this is not mm -hmm. right for video. Are there yeah. criteria that you're looking for that make that help you make that decision from a medium delivery standpoint? Yes, there is. Um, and ultimately drives down to what's most effective of this multi-sensorial experience that video delivers. I say that because so often people are like, oh, just make it do that. It'd be a video, like overuse of video, sorry. But for the wrong reasons, oh, just make that a video. And you have a talking head video. And I'm just telling you what you could already read on the screen. Not, not good. 
Instead, is there, I look for that multisensorial experience. So is there something that we can create that draws to emotions, that draws to something that's heart or mind opening, that in essence really takes advantage of the fact in video, you can see, you can hear, you can feel more so uh, just more easily than you can with something a bit more static. Yeah, I love that you're you're hitting on kind of all these the the, the sensor senses as you said, right? Like the, the not only just the emotion, but the seeing, the hearing, and it does kind of play together. So I'm curious, like as probably your experience in marketing, but also in, in your learning experience, it seems like a lot of times we use story, um, and and just as a hint, next week we've got a really great storyteller coming on. So I don't want to necessarily take away from what she might talk about, but I'm curious because it seems like story co comes into play. And I, in a conversation you and I had earlier, you didn't use the word story, you used the word drama. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about that. And it's been, it's been kind of rolling around my head since we talked, like, why, why did she say drama versus story? I'm really mm -hmm. like, what, what, what's the point? What's, what was the idea? Yeah. Great point. So they're different, firstly. So um, next week's session on storytelling, awesome, super good. What I can share is different. So drama is, in essence, uh, the part of emotion, the part of the action, the part of the focus of a video, let's say, that draws you in. So it may be a story, but it may be just like some clear visuals. So having clear visual, I'm thinking in my head, okay, I'm showing a car scene. Oh my gosh. And I'm showing an outline. There's no story. There's no story. It's just a visual. But automatically, if I had that, I could create drama around that because that is where the action is happening. Um, it could be something funny as well. I'm not talking genre when I say drama. It's a marketing term, so it's a marketing jargon for the um, that multisensorial uh, focus. So where the action is happening that makes you remember it. If you think back to anything you've seen on TV, any great commercials that you've seen online, um, in theaters, or even great e-learning that has struck with you, often you will recall something where there is that drama. So something that either pulls at your heart because all the action is focused there or shocks you because all the action is focused there or just really brings to life. But that key message is because that's where the focus is. So storytelling is just one way of creating that drama. Oh, that's that's not what I was expecting from this answer, but that's great. I love it because uh, I do think. So let's ask this because I don't know that I know how to get to drama. Right. Like, so as creators of content, whether it's, and it, this could be any medium at this point, what have you learned that allows you when you're, you're, whether it's creating a piece of instruction or maybe it's a, a, a video for marketing purposes or not, what g helps you to understand, like, to get to that kind of core focus point of what the drama is? Any, any tips you could give us? Yes. Uh, always start with a very clear focused objective. So if I'm doing a video, let's say, I want that one clear focus message, maybe two, but it's much easier with one. So starting with that, so I want to convey uh, gender is not binary. So based on my very one clear objective, then I would ideate what are ways I could show that. I could show that via story, awesome, it's great. I could show that via text, 
maybe not so awesome. Um, I could just show that to it in a visual. I could show an icon of a woman, like the, the stereotypical icon and a man, and I can create race lines between them or create a gray silhouette between them. There's that's drama right there. I could have that all animate in sequence. Um, but it really starts with having uh, that clear focus on what the objective is and then ideating there. So thinking, hey, how can I bring this to life? Like That's where the creative brainstorming is helpful. How can I bring that one idea to life? And it's really focused on that one, one small idea. Uh, I have a crazy idea. And I would love to try it with you if you'd be game here. We're talking about this. I love this idea. Let's let's pick something and let's you and I try to see. Can, yeah. we, can we ideate just quickly? I mean, I'm not going to expect it to be probably our final choice, but let's pick something that we could talk about and say, like, can we get to the drama of it? Um, if, if you were to ask me about something, I'd be like, OK, uh, maybe there's something I want to I want people to I'm going to pick something relatively I know a lot about. So I think you know about this, too. Like, I want people to understand that they need a good microphone. Can we, so, okay, that's a pretty yeah. common thing. Where, how would we start, Danielle? Yeah, so the clear articulation that benefit is buy, uh, sorry, is it use a good microphone? You, use a good, buy, we, I want use, people to use, use a good microphone. I'm teaching, you know, I teach a lot about video, okay. so. Again, and I ask because we need to be very clear. So yeah. use a good microphone. I mean, you don't care about if they use it all the time. Your message is like, use a good microphone. I want them to, well, I do want them to use it all the time. I don't want them to use a crappy microphone part of the time. Whenever they're making videos, I want you to okay. use a good microphone. Use a good microphone. And I say that because I thought of different ideas based yeah. on what, that actually led me to different ideas. So from there we would ideate and I'm gonna share some ideas and you share some ideas. So one idea I had was the idea of storytelling is showing what happens if you don't. So the reverse. That's an easy way of bringing drama. What's the impact if you don't? So then you can create a funny scenario or however you want. As somebody. Oh, sorry. I'm using a bad mic. You can't hear right. what I was saying. Oh, when I needed it. Um, so one idea is or, that. Or maybe there's something people are uh, they're on a like it's in a video and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> you can't hear their words. Right. Kind of similar to what you just said. It's that bad example. Yeah. Or I'm um, thinking even visually. So drawing out that time reference of using good microphone all the time. I'm even seeing like inferences. OK, like good microphone, good microphone, good microphone. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning like a Camtasia video and I'm envisioning, you know, speaking with your grandparents, another moment in time, speaking with your daughter, another moment in time, speaking with a work colleague, another moment in time, speaking with a VP, like just throughout time. I'm because you said through a time. So I imagine like, like I literally imagine the duration. So the whole drama on that is, but, Oh, it's every single time. And I can imagine it's a microphone popping up at each instance. So the whole focus is on using a microphone. What it's not doing is things where, you know, you're talking and then uh, like a longer video where that's not the focus. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we can maybe come up with some bad ideas, but through those two examples, the whole focus was just using a microphone. I, we did away with all the excess on that, which just clouds the message. Um, so whether the, in this case, the drama may be, uh, it's a multisensorial focus of the action. So if whether it's the microphones popping up through time or whether it's, 
a funny scenario of somebody speaking in a high stakes situation without anybody being able to hear them. Yeah, <laughs> There's so different ways. I have a question. Like, so one of the things I think like where my brain goes and I'm not an expert at this, I'm, I'm, you are the expert, but I'm thinking like, should outcomes be a part of this? Like, should I show the outcome of like someone being successful or not? Depending on which route you go, right? Like successful or not successful. Cause Jonathan Rock, who added a comment, I'll just share it with us, but, but it's, he said, or you could have a well-miked host introduce an expert. And then when the expert starts talking, the room is echoey and the volume is mismatched and there's a slight static or a background noise, right? So, so you see the contrast, but like the outcome is you don't, if you're the expert, which I'm assuming in that case, that's kind of you, the viewer, it's not, you're not successful. Like, is that, is that part of it okay to show in the drama or does that not matter necessarily? So, I mean, it's all about getting your message in. So Jonathan, love that idea. Look, this great drama on the fly. So it depends as you, as the uh, creator of it, what emotions you want to leave people with, because you may intentionally choose to leave people with a darker emotion or heavier emotion because that may instill action or instead again knowing your audience going back to that learner persona or audience analysis consumer persona you may want to leave them successful more lighthearted. so it goes back to that strategy okay well there we go drama on the fly right cool. <laughs> very good i you know uh I, I find it's sometimes helpful to get into those examples and I, I going for now I have a better idea of how I might start thinking about this because I think it's really powerful uh, to, to think about how you can bring the intersection together. So I wanted to talk with you, Danielle, about again, because I think you come from this really unique background where you've worked on a lot of really, you know, I mean, working for, you, you mentioned Doritos, which I think that's a brand a lot of at least North American uh, viewers will recognize it's a big it's a big deal uh, for a lot of people, but but I'm curious because you've made this kind of you bridged the gap between marketing and training. What are some things that learning professionals should absolutely take a play out of the marketer's playbook? Like what should we go and learn from our marketing co coworkers rather than yeah. saying like you know like we started the conversation like oh marketing you know baggage dark, I call it the dark side or whatever. So what, what, but what, what can we steal from them in the best kind of way, the Picasso artist steal, great artist steal sense from marketing that we should be doing in learning and development? Yes, I would say the fundamental thing is actually data. So what people don't know is that at top marketing places, that's what you spend your time doing is drawing insights from data and using it to make informed decisions, whether it is in your test and learn budget, whether it is with a whole launch strategy, what have you, where it is where you're choosing to spend your advertising dollars or not. It all comes down to a really, really solid understanding with a lot of data. And people outside marketing think, oh, it's just like what colors I'm going to choose and my logo on my website. That's like execution. Like that's just execution. Where the real magic is coming down to where you can create that impact again, it's on the strategy level. And how you can actually create that strategy is only if you have solid data. So we do in the learning profession have data. We tend to shy away from it because we're not numbers people often um, in the talent development field, or we self-impose that we're not. And it's not required. There's so many reasons why, but having that um, instead, maybe the reflex is to start with data 
would help us create a better learner persona, create better execution, and create just a better strategy. Um, that would be one I would just directly tear off from the marketer's playbook. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I, I think that is a, a definitely a challenge for a lot of people who are making learning content. And, and one thing, I, and because I focus on a lot of video, uh, a video inherently, if you're going public, has a lot more data and it's been very informative about everything we do. Speaking of speaking of data, like when people like and subscribe to our show, when they, they leave comments, that's all data that we can take to know that we're doing a good job. So hint, hint, anyone who's watching or listening to this later. Um, so I, I think we're going to go back to drama in a second because there's a really great question that came in from Jane Davids. But I want to ask you, I want to flip this question real quick. I just asked you. So we've, we've said, hey, what can learning professionals take from the marketer's playbook? What about the uh, marketers? What can they take from learning, learning and development, if anything? Oh, so for that, um, and that also I should share later what learning development shouldn't take from marketing. <laughs> 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 but um, so what marketing can learn from learning and development is I have seen um, uh People online who consider themselves marketers creating their own marketing videos without the context of learning and development. So while they are flashy and maybe sort of boring, but super flashy, it's lacking the instructional depth to actually have people remember the skills. So... For that, I would say, and I've worked with many people, awesome, just brilliant, brilliant minds. But if the segment to be the transition from a marketer into, uh, well, it's maintaining being a marketer, but selling your own knowledge um, and the packaging and its training, there's a uh, means that they can also hand in hand learn from learning development. So there's instructional integrity and it sticks. Yeah. Well, I, it makes me think about like, uh, and I don't know if this is the right term anymore, but infotorials they used to call them or edutorials where it's, it's, um, it's that mixture between uh, it's educational yet. It's really, it's also marketing content. And I think in the, the software world, we, we do this a lot with uh, demos you know, like we put on something that's like, Oh, here's, here's uh, Camtasia for instance. And we're not going to teach you how to necessarily do everything with a feature, but we're going to show you kind of what it can do the outcome. And you're going to get a general, idea. So yeah. I think there's a blend there. I don't know if yeah. that's what I mean. No, for that, I was actually meaning, so different people um, I know are trying to sell um, how to be a coach. So mm. they take videos of themselves and they go through five lessons and they're talking about how to be a coach. Um, there's more involved than just being able to talk about what you know in your head. There's a field that can support that, so it's laid out and will help people learn it. So that's yeah. more of what I was thinking of. Absolutely, and I think it's a key distinction, right? Like that, getting knowledge out of your head. There's there's structural things that you can do to make that work. Okay, I want to go back to this question because I missed it when it came in, and we were talking about drama. But I think it's a really good question, and it's very it's a kind of niche. So I'm just going to warn you. So, do you have any tips for adding drama to screencast tutorials? So when we talk about screencasts, we're not talking about camera video or, or story-based. You know, it's not like I'm going out and filming something, doing something. It's really usually software demos, yeah. software tutorials. Um, 
so can you can you add these focus points to something that is like teaching and I'm gonna throw this example that's like teaching someone how to use PowerPoint or teaching yeah. them how to use Excel or Camtasia or Snagit or I know Jane does a lot of screencasting kind of software uh, tutorial type work. It's, yeah. it's a very good medium, right? Great question, Jane. Thank you so much for asking that. So the way to achieve that is have the drama be part of the learning point up front. So a good example of that is a TechSmith Academy, where the uh, the uh, videos are technical in nature, but starting off each one, there is a piece that introduces it. And off, well, there is, there's, there's drama built into that. There's a clear focus, um, and there's a action that happens to draw to that clear focus. So it's combining those, it's combining a separate piece. In this case, I would recommend where the, the drama and all that multisensorial experience happens. And then that's added to the technical piece, the how-to screencasts. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a few of those that are, I think we did much better than others, but the my favorite, text, and I'm biased because TechSmith Academy, but uh, when our coworker, Andrea, my coworker, Andrea, uh, got into the lake, you know, it's yeah, yeah. story. Yeah. I, because it, I think to that point, I think that's actually, I can make that connection because I worked on that project, but like, it is really interesting of a way to draw attention, right? Like how important is a script? Well, a script, you know, there was a clear metaphor of a script is like a, you know, a, a lifeline. If you don't have it, you're going to flail and drown and f splash a bunch of water. Uh, so that's a really great point. Um, much harder to do, I think, when you're doing tech tutorials though, right? Like when you're teaching Excel. No, not, not in the actual tutorial itself. The isn't the place for that the place and it's because there's many 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 messages you're trying to get across mm -hmm. where drama is best used that one focus message so the one focus message is yes prepare a script right absolutely cool all right so we've talked about a lot of different things today uh and i just want to um anything that we've missed in this process of content creation you know uh I just noticed I've got the wrong thing on the slide. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> preparation, guys. Uh, anything that we missed in our conversation about the story, about telling stories, about uh, kind of the role, the transition from marketing to uh, instructional design, content creation that you would want to share with us, Danielle? I would say some key, some practical takeaways are the idea that time and planning is needed so in order to create these effective drama in a piece, it does take time. So in order to ideate, in order to even um, go up, back up to the bigger strategy and think, hey, am I doing the right thing? It does take time. People don't like to hear that it takes time. Again, most people just want to, uh, from the marketing world standpoint, they're excited about Okay, what color is my logo and some of the more execution pieces, which doesn't matter unless you have the right strategy at play. Likewise, from an e-learning course, it doesn't matter, you know, exactly what the character looks like if it's not aligned to the persona. And to get to align to the persona, it takes time. And even in that video example, what the before even starting to create the video, it actually takes planning and it takes time to make everything fulsome and come together. So from a rule of thumb standpoint, you, you mentioned needing time, right? And I think that's one thing everyone kind of feels like, I, I, I never have enough time. 
Um, you know, there's there's a million different kind of things pressing on your needs uh, on, on what you have to do. You've got outside of, uh, you know, your your day job, you've got a whole bunch of other pressures there. You, but during the job, you've got, you know, I feel like I'm doing 12 different things, trying to manage all of those at once, plus some things. So I'm really curious from start to, and I know it's going to vary greatly depending on the topic, but like any rules of thumb on how long you should kind of plan to spend on on one of the things, maybe from your experience at least? So um, if I was, I'll be more concrete to answer that. So if I was ideating on a new video creation, just in terms, presuming I know my audience, I've got a solid strategy in place. Like I'm just not ideating on what that core, how to bring to life the core idea. Um, Mm -hmm. For that, I would probably banter with my team for a week. Um, Not that it'll take, you know, 40 hours um, to do that, but it's that banter and it's the time in between to be able to do that. And then the reality is, of course, there's approvals and, and most right. people have many stakeholders to, to align on, but it's that, that, that week to ideate, okay, so we can go this approach, this approach, and just building off each other's ideas for what that central um, concept is and how to bring that to life. That's typically what we would do. Well, I love it. It's some. It's that breathing space. I'll call it breathing space, yeah. right? Room for it to kind of settle and make sure that nothing else better has come up, if you will. Uh, so that's. I I love that because I think so often I know even even I in the things that I'm doing, like the show, right? Sometimes I don't feel like it has enough time to always ideate we don't have enough time to kind of go through idea to idea and and some of that's just self-imposed because we do something weekly but um it's good to hear that that i think that's helpful for people as well so if you're a manager out there listening to this show or you're you're you want your manager to listen to the show you heard her here danielle said it takes time to, to do this. yes that's my key message is for your stakeholders to uh realize that great great quality is not going to happen instantly when you're dealing with ideas yeah. Well, it's hard just to even come up with new ideas in that, that little bit of time. So uh, definitely a challenge. So, Danielle, I think I, I want to, you know, keep moving here with our, we got our speed run questions coming up. Uh, but before we do that, any any place people should find you, reach out to you, like obviously you've got a business, but you help people to make content and do things like help them make better learning. Where where should they find you? What's the best place to look? So I can be reached at beyond the sky.ca beyond b-e-y-o-n-d the sky sky.ca or you can find me on linkedin um danielle wallace i'm based in toronto canada yeah so so we got some we might have a, a very canadian related question coming up in the speed round so if anyone is new or listening hasn't listened to visual Lounge before our speed round questions are meant to be quick fast answered questions that Danielle has no idea what she's about to get herself into. So let's go into our speed round questions. Okay, speed round, here we go. Number one. Uh, so I'm gonna preface this, and I think you know this, Danielle, but I, ha- I have lived in Canada before. So I'm familiar, I, should, I will not say I'm familiar with Canadian culture or anything like that, but I am familiar with some Canadian food. So first, first, first question is ketchup chips. Why or why not? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. And I know the market data behind that because I worked at a chip company. So yes, big demand. 
So for uh, for our U.S. based audience and other people around the, the globe who may not know, describe what a ketchup chip is. Oh, it's a chip that tastes like ketchup powder on it, and it's sweet, salty, and it's a big seller actually. Like I, I actually know the data on it, so <laughs> big win, big win. <laughs> Which is funny because uh, when I went to Canada, ketchup chips, it just seems so odd. And now the other one I was going to, I could have asked you about, but I didn't. I know speed round, but it was every, you have an everything chip too, right? It's kind of yes, like everything seasoning everything maybe. Yeah. Everything ruffles is the number one seller of the ruffles lineup. <laughs> Super awesome. Tastes like everything. Intense flavor. Ketchup. Intense. Ruffles. I'm sorry. Yeah. Everything. Every extra intense. Yeah. Wow. I, I had no idea what, what what I was sitting on when I wrote that question. <laughs> Got to check it out in the airport sometime. Absolutely. We'll do that. So next question is, what's one thing that surprised you about creating train con training content versus marketing content? Again, remember speed round. So Yeah. So I'm surprised that it was uh, how difficult it would be to distill something to a core idea. Yeah. Oh, so hard. So hard to get down to yeah. that kind of that one thing. Oh. So next question. You obviously work in a medium and industry that has to be creative. You come from a very, uh, I'm assuming, had to do a lot of creative thinking uh, in marketing, and you also get to apply that now to your your business. What's where do you can turn to it for inspiration to kind of keep filling the well? Oh yeah, so constantly I'm looking out at different sources. So I'm constantly actually attending other industry conferences, speaking with people, other industries to get ideas. Always drawing connections. So I read a lot about other industries. Speak like speak to a lot of people um, and then the things around me. So I clip magazine articles or ads online, things I like, like constantly see a billboard. I take a picture of it. That's going to be my next um, e-learning cover. So constantly trying to cross pollinate new ideas. Yeah, I love that. And I love looking outside uh, industry for inspiration. I find that to be super enlightening because other industries are, they, they are good at different things. And that a lot of times that can be helpful for us as well. So, okay, one more speed round question, Danielle. And this is, this we have been told, this is the hardest question we ask every guest. So just prepare yourself. What's one question you'd like to ask me? Ooh, so how, what are your future plans? That's what, what I'd love to know with TechSmith. Yeah, yeah that yeah, I'd well, love to know. Okay, so future plans. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I did just take a, 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 you know, I guess it's in, I've been at TechSmith a long time, so 16 years now. And uh, I just took a role in marketing, which I was in marketing. So it's just kind of a shift, but I'm now managing our content team as well as doing all the stuff that I've been doing as our uh, video learning and video ambassador. So uh, working on with some fantastic people, Ryan Knott, Danielle Azell, and Kara Swanson. And we are, they are responsible for things that you, you all probably see every single day. The, our blog, our website content, a lot of our landing pages, some of our PDFs. They, they are amazing content creators. And it's actually uh, humbling to work with them because they are so good at what they do. Um, that they're, they get to teach me a lot. And I get to help them hopefully to uh, grow and learn and develop in their roles at TechSmith as well as uh, all of us focus on what's the next great content that we're going to make for, for TechSmith. So, so what's next? I don't know. We'll see, you know, it's, I don't know. I just keep playing it by ear, but 
We, uh, just as a shout out to TechSmith, TechSmith is a fantastic organization. We have a few openings if anyone's looking. Check the website. Uh, but we're very lucky to, to have a lot of opportunities for growth. And not, that's not for everybody, but I've just been, uh, I've been, I've been in right place, right time. A lot of times that that's worked out for me that I can say I'm an anomaly. Uh, and we have a few people. Jesse O'Donnell has been at TechSmith for longer than I have. We have several, but uh, just anymore, it seems like if you're at a company for more than three years, it's kind of weird. And I'm glad to be weird. Yay! Well, thank you. Thank That's you. great. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, Daniel, thank you so much uh, for coming. We've got a little bit of time, so there is another question that wasn't quite focused on what we're talking about, but I, I wanted to ask from, from I call him J-Rock, uh, Jonathan Rock, uh, if, for those that don't know him. Uh, great, another great individual. But I want to ask it because he asked, and I thought it was uh, based on what we just talked about, might be a good question. He said, how do each of you approach developing the people in your teams especially if they're new to mark the marketing function. Um, and, and so I'm curious because you obviously, Danielle, have a company and a team of people that you work with. What, what are things you doing to develop them? So develop, Jonathan, is the question on developing marketers or developing people? He, I, I, he says that if they're, especially if they're new to the marketing function, but yeah. we can just go with developing people, I think. I'll answer that, but the same thoughts apply. So I, I, we do invest a lot in coaching our people. So um, we do couple uh, new employees with a mentor to actually get up to speed. So s similarly, we do that in the marketing world. Um, I just have the ability to do that more deliberately now, more one-on-one -on -one with each person. The marketing world is a bit more, had less resources actually. So take a very deliberate approach with coaching, like very deliberate to build skills. Um, Constantly, both marketing and now coaching, like in general with my team, provide people that little bit of a nudge and next opportunity to try. And it's like, oh, but try support. So we do a lot of that. Try, oh, you know, end up learning. Oh, got a lot of, got a lot of feedback. Okay, learning um, as a way to, on a project basis, as a way to develop those skills. In the marketing world, we did that also, just more um, on a bigger scale. So this is your project. It's slightly outside your skill set, but we'll coach you up to that. Um, I just do that now on a more uh, uh, daily, like weekly basis. Um, and been very fortunate to see like measurable gains with that added focus. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea of like that kind of continual coaching and giving stretch opportunities. And for, for me, I, I don't know that it's much different, but I think uh, you know, growing people's is getting people to grow is difficult. There's inherently, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not the hero. I'm just the, I'm just the guide, right? That's the classic, you know, if you look, Star Wars is usually what people talk about. I'm not Luke, I'm Yoda. And if I get to be Yoda, it's, and, and I'm not even probably a good Yoda. I'm just like, Hey, let's go this way. <laughs> Try doing this and, and help, help people to just explore. And, you know, I think about, um, just having lots of conversations, like where do you want to go? What do you want to do? What's the things you you feel your capacity maybe isn't being stretched enough or isn't is limited? And then uh, find resources like crazy and and point people in, in that direction. So I'm still figuring out. I spent a long time. I used to be a manager a long time ago, and I've come back to it. So I'm still kind of reconfiguring for the new world because it's a very different than five or six years ago when I was last managing people. And uh, but I can tell you this, Jonathan, that uh, you know, in my list of priorities for this role, number one is is that growth and looking at the team and helping them. 
and then this job, this part of the job is number two, uh, you know, being out there, giving out, helping people find and explore ideas and thoughts. So um, I think, you know, get them connect. I, I think one other piece of advice, I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry. One other piece of advice is find really great people in the industry. I have been so blessed by knowing Danielle and so many other people in our in the learning and development industry, and, and there's a few in the marketing industry as well. And then just follow them and, and get that you get your people you're working with to follow them and learn. Uh, that to me, that's grown my career and my understanding faster than anything I've ever read or watched per se. So. Great advice. Yeah, thanks. You too. Well, Danielle, it's always fantastic to talk with you. So glad that you could join us today. So thankful for all the wisdom that you've shared. I know I've got to start thinking about some things to work on that I'm going to introduce some drama. Uh, any parting words for us before we wrap up today? No, you can find me on LinkedIn and look forward to answering further questions or continuing the conversation. Yeah. So everybody go connect with Danielle right now. So thanks everybody. Thanks to Danielle for joining us. She is fantastic. We're so glad that she could join us and we're grateful for all of her support over the years and looking at Academy feedback, early stuff. It's been fantastic. So, but this is your chance to support the visual lounge. Make sure you like subscribe, do all those things that social media wants us to do because that helps us to know that we're doing a good job or that you find value in the show. If you got questions, comments, thoughts, feedback, somebody you want to see on the show, even email us at the visual lounge at techsmith.com. And don't forget, we got the new channel for YouTube. If that's where you're watching and listening, go subscribe. So you always get notifications when we got new content, or you can always listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform. You can even tell your, your voice assistant tool, which I won't say its name because it will go off right now. Uh, if you say, listen to the visual lounge podcast on some of them, I know it works because I've tried it. So thanks everybody. We're, Whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, we hope that this helps you to continue to learn and grow. And, you know, I hope you take a little bit of time this week to level up. We'll see everybody next week. Bye.